Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 139 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Annalisa Jahinsky. Annalisa lives in Joplin, Missouri, and she is the untherapist who works with people on their self-improvement journeys. Did I get all parts of your name right, Annalisa? <laughs> you got so close. Jasinski. There's an S in there instead of an H, but but you got the important part right. You got my name. I felt like what it. I do. Good. When I said, said <laughs> Jahinsky. That's right. Jah- Jasinski. Oh, there's an L. Okay. I was like, I know I'm blowing it. (laughs) Anyway, Annalisa, the most important part, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Well, I'm so glad. I can tell we we are going to get along great because we've already been talking for 11 minutes before I even hit record. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we could be friends. <laughs> You're the the person I should not ever sit by in an important meeting. I can right, tell. we would not listen to no. anything going on. We Fun would be fact, the important meeting. <laughs> when I was a teacher, I would get in trouble during the faculty meeting. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I am a big fan of your podcast, so I knew this question was coming. And when I originally applied to be on your podcast, it was May of 2020. Right. And my answer then honestly was a little different than what it is now. Well, that's fabulous. January of 2021. So what I realize now is I came to intermittent fasting by way of exposure to fasting when I was a very young child. We were in a religion that, I'm being generous to call it a religion, no offense to those who grew up with me, that required us to dry fast one day a year. It was called Day of Atonement. And it was a rite of passage for children. And so we were really encouraged to start sooner rather than later. And as the overachiever who wanted the attention of God and all of my people, I chose to start at seven years old. Nine or 10 was normal, but I started dry fasting for 24 hours. That means no food and no water for 24 hours at seven years old. Now, I only did it once a year. And I always felt like I was pretty sure I was going to die, but I made it. Once you once you committed to that, you couldn't go back. So at seven, I did it. I couldn't at eight go, you know what? That was terrible last year. I'm not doing that that again. That seven-year-old me made a bad decision. (laughs) No, she was uninformed. She thought this would be fun and she'd get a lot of attention. It sounded better than it was. Atonement sounded exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't look up the definition. Yeah, maybe someone should have mentioned maybe atonement means... (laughs) Something you're not expecting. It's not attunement. It's no. attunement. So I, yeah. So I got a little attention that year. Like, oh wow, she's seven. She's starting this early. How spiritual is she? And then I was stuck in it. So for me, growing up, that was fasting. So when people said they fasted, I was like, what? So I stopped participating in that when I left that religion in my early twenties, and never really thought about fasting again until I officiated my son's wedding. I think this was 2017. And I I saw the pictures of me officiating with my beautiful daughter-in-law and my beautiful son. And I'm like, who's that whale in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt when I looked at myself and I was shocked because I saw myself in the mirror every day, but you don't realize it. You just do a lot of adjusting, like a lot of mental adjusting, I think. And to see myself, and I had happened, I purchased this special app because it was my first wedding to officiate because nobody wants a girl. They all, my husband and I are both ordained ministers, but they they would always ask my husband because I don't know, they always just want a dude. And so we had made an agreement. We have two boys and two girls that the boys, I would officiate their ceremonies and 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 then my husband would officiate the girls. Oh, that's and so, so nice. It was so cool. My Our oldest is a boy, so he was the first one. And I was so excited. And I see these pictures and I had gotten this special outfit, this frock that I felt like looked all official. Oh, it was a frock, all right. I just was like, who's that girl in the middle? Like, who's that person? And yet we are so hard. The words we use to describe ourselves, you would never use the, that way to talk to someone else. But we talk to ourselves. Oh, my gosh. And I will we judge ourselves. I will say... Jumping ahead, I will say that 
so many people at the end of 2020 were asking, so what are you most proud of? As you know, first everyone's like dumpster fire alert. And then I was always like 2020 was the best year for me. And I'll probably get into that in a minute as I talk about my journey. But initially my first thought when people started turning it a little more positive as we were closing out the year, just a few weeks ago, what are you most proud of? And I thought, you know, the number one thing I am most proud of is that when I look at pictures of anyone, including me, if I look at pictures of people, I don't first see their size. Oh, that's huge. Or, you know, all the before and afters that people were posting, I was like, okay. And like, she looks beautiful before and right. after. And what's the after of what? Is she dead now? Like, this is just a part of her journey. There is no what after. It's looks just like right but yeah. now, but she could look different later. And it, it, I have lost all of that. And I was like, oh she's arrived somewhere important. <laughs> I was real happy. So backing up in 2017, I was, or whenever that year was, I did not have that freedom. I was very, very awful to myself. And I had been for my whole life, body dysmorphia, lots of trauma around weight and body size, eating disorders, all of the things. And all of my, my three sisters, we all struggled with this. And my mom were just, it, the family dynamic was very toxic around food and size and numbers, 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 the scale, the measurements, everything. So I jumped on the idea of fasting because I found Jason Fung. I was desperate. I was looking. I had seen the pictures of the wedding. I had to do something. I found Jason Fung. I immediately did a 13-day water fast. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, see, yeah. you are that I, person. You I'm that right person. In. I'm that Note to starter. listeners, do not start like that. <laughs> Don't Promise do that. me. Please, whatever you do, <laughs> listen to Jim. Do not do that. So I was that desperate. Right. And I, I read that. I read his obesity code book and I said, this will solve my problem. I made it 13 days. I stopped at 13 because my heart was racing. I wasn't properly monitoring my electrolytes. I wasn't under a doctor's care. I don't know exactly what I was trying to do at that point. I didn't understand the difference between weight loss and autophagy and the reasons for fasting. So I just, I made it to 13 days. I broke my fast with like three kielbasa sausages. Oh, that's dangerous. Well, yeah. I survived. That's good. Here I am. I made it, but barely. I was so I think I was just because you there really is a risk of of like refeeding syndrome if you eat something that's really hard for the digestive system to process. You can like be hospitalized. You know, so I'm glad you were not. Thankfully, I was not. Yeah. But it did. My my digestive system took about three weeks to come back fully online in a way where I felt safe to go outside. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But that's me. It's I'm a very all or nothing person. So after that, because I had found Dr. Fung and also, oh, that other dude he was doing a lot of work with at the time. Jimmy Moore. Jimmy Moore. So then I went to keto and I was doing a 16-8 fast and keto for like a year and a half. And I was pretty strict keto and I lost like 65 pounds and I kept it off for like the 18 months. And then I had some emotional stuff hit like summer of 19. And I just started eating some bread here and there or switching to regular ice cream instead of that halo top I was eating and stuff. But even then I was starting to eat just halo top. Like I was starting to just eat the dirty keto stuff. And my windows were not eight hours anymore. They were like nine or maybe 10 and a half. And I just kind of 
was eating my feelings because I jumped into the initial weight loss just thinking I have to get little or I have to make the mirror match what I feel on the inside, no matter what. And then it just kind of slippery sloped down. And then I was like, you know, I'm dealing with all this emotional stuff. I've got family stuff. I'm feeling rejected. I've got all this other deeper trauma coming out. Let's just work on the trauma and to heck with the body. Like my body's strong. She's been big before. We'll be fine. So I had been to 30 at the wedding when the initial stuff happened, which I do think was in 2017. And then I went you know, down 65 pounds. And then I came back up to like 220. So by the time the pandemic hit, we're in like, you know, where, where it's really hitting home, where we're having to stay home. I was about 220. I was weighing whenever I'd get freaked out enough. So I'm not one of those people that avoids the weight. I'm somebody who leans in like, oh, I'm freaked out. I should check. I should see where I am. And it's like, oh, it's 218. Oh, it's 220. Oh, it's 219. It's 217. It's 221. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stabilized. I'm, I'm fine. Well, then when the pandemic hit, then I was like, maybe, you know, at first we just all thought we were all going to, well, everyone around here just thought we were all going to die. Well, it's true. We were, we didn't know what was, although I don't remember if, if people go back to the earlier episodes, we're like, this will be over by summer. It'll be fine. We were totally- um, thinking summer i know the first episodes of yours i listened to i was like oh she did not know no we did not we were <laughs> none of us knew none of us knew. Yeah, by the so, time the cruise comes along we'll be on that boat it'll be fine the boat will leave we'll all be there, there. so i thought i need to start doing something for my immune system because i just don't feel healthy in my body i was feeling more emotionally healthy somewhat and i was starting to get my emotional confidence back but i was i was like okay my body has suffered as a result of all of this trauma So I found, we were just watching on YouTube. We were watching people who were going to give like an alternative idea about how viruses work. I did, you know, got a crash course in virology, which I'm sure a lot of people did too. I found this one woman who was talking about intermittent fasting and keto as a combination to boost your immune system. And I don't even remember her name, but I bought her book and I got all excited and I opened her book and I started reading her book. And I'm like, there are nine thousand steps to this. I am overwhelmed already. I still, okay, we've got a pandemic. I've still got these emotional issues that are lingering. And, you know, one of them had to do with my own child. Interestingly, the same one where <laughs> with the wedding with the thing. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I can do complicated right now, but I had joined her Facebook group and in her Facebook group, somebody said, I don't feel good on keto, which I'm thinking, oh, that feels like sacrilege. And then somebody else said, check out Jen Stevens, delay, don't deny. And it was the combination of someone putting fasting, intermittent fasting and carbs in the same sentence. And then the name of your book, which was brilliant, where I was like, oh, snap. Okay. So I jumped over to your, to your group, joined that immediately. I just binge read like thousands of posts. I saw these happy people, the face-to-face Fridays. I read your book. I forced everybody in my life to read your book. I even got my husband to read your book. I don't know what I promised him to get him to do that, but he, he actually read it. And then he started doing it. Yay. Like, I mean, for like a good two weeks, that, that's a lot for him. So, so this was in March. And I just started and I had already been intermittent fasting. So it wasn't a big deal. So I think I started out at 19.5 because I think that's what you had talked about in delay. Don't deny was 19.5. So I just started, I was like, well, I used to do that with keto. So I'm just going to do the 19.5 with whatever. 
which, you know, I have to go back and tell a quick backstory. When I first started with the Jason Fung and the 13 days and all of that, right before I did the big long fast, I did my very first intermittent fast. And it was just overnight until 10 a.m. Like that was my first try. And I was so traumatized about the concept of fasting. I had made myself a breakfast smoothie. I brought it to work and I was sitting over it sweating at 9.59. Like, can I make it till 10 or will I die? Because that whole concept of is hunger real just blew my mind. So many years of dieting and being hungry and hating being hungry and hating my body and, and hating the people that made me hate my body. Like, oh, my, and hating the thin people that I couldn't be like. And I look back at all of those pictures and I'm just going to tell you, I was a supermodel. Nobody ever said that, at least not that I could hear because I was filtering out only the good stuff and hearing all the bad. I was a freaking supermodel. I had a right. perfect body. You know, and, and looking at, you know, like, like even now looking at the cellulite on my thighs and who cares? I'm I'm wearing those shorts and my bathing suit, whatever. Look away if you don't like it. I don't Whatever. <laughs> I'm not wearing it for you. Yeah, not exactly. For you. exactly. I want to be comfortable. Me too. I want to feel good. I want the water on my skin. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So started that in March, 19.5. And then I just found myself like 19.5 was too easy for me. And too easy ended up equaling sometimes I just didn't do it at all. And I was like, well, this isn't going to boost my immune system. This isn't the point. Knowing that bread isn't like my best friend anyway, but I just love the freedom of being able to just let myself have anything. Also, the five-hour eating window meant you must have food in your mouth for the entire five hours. Like do not breathe in between bites because you only have five hours. So I was doing that. And then I started listening to your podcast at the end of May. I was like, I need some, well, not maybe it was the, it was the middle of May because I instantly asked you to be on it. And that, 
And that was the middle, middle of May. And I've been looking forward to it the whole year. I'm like, at January 11th, I get to be on Tootsie's podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> and so I started listening to your podcast. And the first episode was Paul Brody. Yep. Uh, Paul Brody, the publisher. The publisher, Paul Brody. Yes. That was the first one. And he's talking about his story. And I was interested in how he goes to social events and switches his window and he just, he'll have a beer, but not all the beers. I was like, well, that's interesting. And he started talking about what he does and how he helps people get their stories out and published and, and become bestsellers. And I was like, in that hour, I went from, I want to be a better faster to I'm going to be a good faster who also writes a book. Oh, I love that. So I did. I wrote a book. Oh, and wow. It an Amazon bestseller. I used Paul Brody. It became an Amazon oh, bestseller in October. Ah, you know, what's, your book, you're, what's your book about? It's called The Untherapist. It's my story. Oh my gosh, I love it. And you are in the acknowledgements. Can I read uh, it? Yes. Oh, I'm now going to get emotional. I had I'm no gonna idea. A, I'm going to send you a signed copy. I know. I told you you were a big part of my story. Here's, here's Okay. All right. Here it is. I'm ready. This is page 125. And this is the acknowledgements. Thank you, Jen Stevens, for the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast. The first episode I listened to was episode 86, which was your interview with Paul Brody. And within that one hour, I went from someone who dreamed of maybe one day writing a book to scheduling the initial phone interview with Paul. Thank you also for introducing me to the OMAD IF lifestyle. Writing in the fasted state gave me clarity and productivity to spare. I think you are probably an upholder as well. Upholders are often naturally good teachers in my experience. It's probably all those boxes. This is how, one of the ways we talk about in therapy. Right. And maybe an ocean or wind feeling type. I hope we get to chat about this one sometime. Oh, that's that's like, it talks goosebumps. Oh I my have gosh. goosebumps too. So it talks about that. It's it's my whole story of my emotional journey and how I became the untherapist and all that. But then that book... I released that book in mid-October. It hit bestseller at the end of October. And then I was able, all the while still intermittent fasting, I was able to open my dream career, the Untherapy Academy. Oh my God, I love it. Which is a paid membership where people join me every single week and learn how their personality works, learn about self-awareness, learn how to increase their relationship quality, learn how to deal with their emotional triggers, which everybody has a lot of those these days. So you were such an integral part. Like I can point to when I met Jen Stevens and how my life changed and improved and just opened wide up. So I am forever grateful for you. Well, thank you, are, you so much. I'm so excited and hooray for Paul. And again, like I said, I have chills, but that's what it means to be a teacher. I'm a teacher. You know, I right now I'm teaching about intermittent fasting and on my other podcast with Sherry Bullock, um, the Life Lessons podcast, I'm teaching about other things there. But that's what teachers do. We teach things and lessons. You know, I'm a big believer they come along when when it's right. Perfect timing. I absolutely believe that, too. And I when I was learning from you about intermittent fasting, of course, I pre-ordered your new book, Fast Feast Repeat, and I, I read that as soon as I could. And I even went on and read the one you suggested, and now the name is escaping me, but you said, if you have additional like binge eating problems or something, there's this one book to read. And I wanted to tell you, I read it and it is good. Good. It was brain over binge. Brain over binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, I, cause I needed more because then what happened, your book came out and I had, all, I just kind of started to lose my grip a little bit. I think this was kind of 
end of the year. And again, because I was writing my book and my book had my story, it was a lot of exposure. And a lot of my eating is to protect myself and to comfort myself and to, you know, and they even say that the mind body connection, like you store and pack that fat in your midsection as like a physical barrier for your organs to not feel exposed to the world. And here I am with this book. And I did, I mean, I tried to be very vulnerable and just so that I could make it safe for other people to do so. And, and it was, I balanced that by very full eating windows. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's hard to put a book out there. It is a very vulnerable process. Like there's one Amazon review that I read about Fast Feast Repeat and it's like scathing and the guy like thinks I'm an idiot and Chad has read it a million times and he keeps talking about it. I'm like, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, stop, you know, because pe- no matter what you say or do or put out there, someone will find fault with it no matter what. Like if I wrote, uh, the sky is blue, someone would be like, you are such a moron. The sky is not blue. It only perceives right. it to be blue. And <laughs> of the So there, the only way to not be criticized is to never take a risk. If you take a risk, you will be criticized and people will, whatever you do, people will not like it. And so, but it's still a very vulnerable process because you're putting yourself out to be judged. Yes. And I kept, oh my gosh. And I used every bit of the untherapy approach to talk myself through this. And that, you know, the thing I said in the acknowledgments about the, you know, writing in the fasted state. So I, I was still working full-time with my husband in his paint and drywall contracting business. We have a really hard time coming up with skilled labor because there's kind of a deficit in this country. Oh, yeah. Nobody's noticed. So I still haven't gotten free of that. So I'm writing early in the morning. I'm in a completely fasted state from the day before. I feel great. Or even in the, you know, later in the day before I broke my window, I could I could go back and it was just like this magical, I was on this wave and I did it in I wrote the book in 10 weeks. And it's not a super long book. It's it's 12 chapters. It's not super long, but I mean, it was my life. And, and the fasting aspect just helped further delineate, like, this is my thinking working hours, and this is my relax, eat, be with my family hours. And that's not something I had ever had. And so my window-worthy um, behaviors became very much about nurturing and self-care and checking out, which is something I've never been able to do. I always want to work. When given the chance, when someone asks, do you think we should finish this project or take a break? It's always finish the project. Do you think we should do this extra thing or or wait till tomorrow? Always do the extra thing. And fasting, having the intermittent fasting, the OMAD in particular, has given me a very clear way to just do one thing at a time. And that has been huge for me. I think what you're saying is is the way I also view it. It's like once I open my window, the work is switched off for the day. Is that is it kind of like that? That's exactly how I feel about I mean, it. Other than, you know, Facebook is 24-7. So even after <laughs> oh, I eat, yeah. I'm moderating Facebook group, that never goes away. But but other than that, if I have work to do, I don't eat till I've done that work. And then once I open my window, I'm like, it's like, okay, now the work part of the day is done. Yep. And I was able, I even, without really realizing what I did, I set up, I kind of switched around the way my, because I work from home, the way my office is set up so that I'm eating in a different part of the house, the food's in a different part of the house than the work. And just, and then being able, I'm still working toward, there's a, is it Jerry something uh, that's, I've seen him on the group so much and he does the one plate. Jerry, oh, oh yeah, JJ. 
Yeah. And, and I, I love, and he's that long haul. I think he's been doing it for maybe six or seven years. He's been in the one meal a day group for a long time. He's so I loved when he started posting his, his meals. Well, when I discovered him posting, he's probably been doing it for a long time. I was like, that sounds real. That feels good to me. So I thought I want to hire someone to bring me my food so I can just finish my work and sit down and eat my food and close my window and ta-da. But I'm not there yet. So I, what I'm doing now is I'm trying to just limit my window down just a little bit more to allow myself the focus and the enjoyment so that I'm not just putting, okay, I have a five hour window. So let's just find all the food we can eat in five hours. But what I'm doing, and, and I've got, you know, and I opened the academy. So this is a whole nother level of vulnerability because now I didn't just write a book and I can like step away from it. Like this is a group of people I work with every day you know, every week. So that's another reason to like protect myself. So I really love now a 20 plus kind of approach, 20 plus hours and one sitting. That's kind of what I'm working toward. I'm not quite there because I still kind of get a little lenient. I mean, the holidays sort of kick. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's what the holidays are all about though, right? I had longer windows. My shape of scale went to the, to gray. (laughs) over the holidays. And well, I mean, it's okay. And and I wasn't sad or upset and I knew it would. And now I'm back on teal because, you know, the weight that I picked up over the holidays and I've never seen it before. I mean, I'm certain over the years of time that that's happened every single holiday. I'm sure it has, but I never saw it because I haven't been weighing. I really quick wanted to look this up and let you know the, the person you're talking about from the Facebook group is JJ of episode 22. Okay, I need to go back and I thought you would like to, yeah. Go back and listen to episode 22, which is JJ. That's why I picked up my phone if you saw me looking at it. But yeah, I I couldn't remember his episode number. Episode 22, JJ. Jerry is his first name and Saunders. But yes, he is fantastic. We love him in the Facebook group. And he's he is such a, a kind soul. He's so encouraging. And that's the thing I love, like being on the group and stuff. So I could talk all day. Have I answered the question of how I came to intermittent fasting? Oh, (laughs) I have to add one more thing though. This happened probably in, I'm thinking like November maybe. So I'm on this big journey where I'm learning about eating windows. I'm learning about delaying, not denying. I'm learning to delineate between a fasting window, which is also my fasted state, which is a productive state versus a feeding state, which is a relaxing, enjoying state. So food finally became sort of permissible to enjoy for me as well. I had so much trauma around food. I don't even, I don't even think I I still know the half of it. Giving yourself permission to enjoy food is really, I think, the key to freedom because I still see people who are trapped in the mindset of, I really enjoyed that and that was wrong. That was bad. Bad for still liking that or that's bad. And that, you know, no. And I have made so many pro-relationship and pro-joy and pro-beauty choices around food and my family and feeding that we did a we did a pancake bar Christmas morning and I I just indulged. And you know what? I ate two pancakes with all the fruit and the whipped cream and stuff on them. I only ate two pancakes. Do you know how many pancakes I am physically capable of eating? A lot of pancakes, like, I can imagine. A lot of pancakes. So I, I looked back on that and I was like, because I was just relaxed and in that state, I just ate two, not 10. 
because I wasn't trying to like cram it in there before dad showed up and got me in trouble. I better I'm eat all these that. right now while I can. <laughs> right I, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be guilty tomorrow and I'm going to get in trouble. Like just our, our old trauma. And I know these things because I teach it, but it's crazy how some of these things have come up. And I love, I think the the biggest thing that intermittent fasting is for me now is that it's sort of a baseline that keeps me grounded because as things continue to be an upheaval around us, as I continue to be challenged on all sides for my emotional triggers, I, I have like a baseline that I know keeps me at least somewhat healthy <laughs> so that I can proceed and tweak it as I go. And, and when a lot of stuff's going on, I kind of just hear your encouragement about, you know, throw diet brain out the window and just try to try to do your best and split the difference and call it good. And so that's kind of just... So that's so huge. I don't even know how miserable I'd be had I not had that under my belt already when like the holidays hit and all the other stuff that came with it for me personally. But right around, I think it was beginning of November, I looked at my scale, which is still in my bathroom because my husband uses it. I looked at my scale and I felt a physical release. I felt like, remember when you were young before, you know, I didn't have Facebook, of course, when I was young and you'd break up with someone and you'd tear the picture in half. <laughs> yeah, that was- You were in one part of it and the other was like, yes, this is over. It felt like that. It oh, felt God. like the scale was in the picture with me and it got torn apart from me. And it wasn't like the scale was bad or good. It was like the scale was just a measure of gravity and I don't have to measure my gravity ever. And I know you've talked about not weighing and I used to think, oh my God, how does she, how does she do that? Feels like a freedom I could never participate in. And I don't know if I'll ever weigh again. I just know I'm completely uninterested or measuring or any metric. I'm not a math guy. Why? Why? And I I loved your moving average. I did that for the first however many months. So I started in March and I ended, I guess, in November, keeping all of those stats. The only stats I care about now are the 20 plus. Did I, did I fast at least 20 hours? And if I didn't, is there a darn good reason I didn't? Like after this podcast, I'm going to go have lunch with a dear friend. She's really my very closest friend. We've known each other for over a year and I've never been to lunch with her. So I'm opening the window. Will I close it after? I'll try, but I don't know what this evening looks like. And I normally do evenings. I'm not good at evenings. I'm not good at closing after lunch. I mean, that's that's a fact about me. I'm not good at that because I, what I'll do is even if I eat a big, big lunch, then I'm like, well, I'm full. And then regular dinner time comes around and I'm maybe still full, but then I always get hungry again before bed. And I'm like hungry. I'm like really legitimately hungry. And so I always end up eating again because I'm hungry. I like, I can eat a big lunch and then eight hours later, I have to eat again. And I don't care. I just do. So I already know (laughs) I'm not just going to eat a lunch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So we had a birthday party yesterday and I had a nine hour window, which it's funny to think I used to eat from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep and nine hours now feels like an eternity. I'm like, how did I even manage to eat for nine hours, which I don't do that very often. Although holidays it seems like it was once a week, I'd have a big, big, long, you know, eating window. But even with that, the shift that's happened, and this is, I haven't even been doing this a year, Jen, imagine my relationship with food in two years. For 10 years. So I really learned to have compassion on myself, to go slow, to enjoy. Oh my gosh. It's That's all huge. Good things. It's, and I, I think it's important, you know, you started listening to the podcast and, and hearing, I think, from other people who have mm-hmm. that mental, you know, that emotional part of it and, and embrace that intermittent fasting as our lifestyle. And I think that's the key. And, you know, I'm not going to stop doing intermittent fasting 
but I can change it up. I can have a season where I have longer windows. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to stop. There is no finish line. There is no after. Yes. Yes. The diet brain, that whole big chapter you went on diet brain, I was like, oh, oh, this is it for me. Cause that's really where my, where my emotional hangups had been all along was the diet brain. Yeah. And looking for the, the latest, greatest thing. And yeah. And even, you know, as I, I participated in the predict three study and, and then the Zoe app and figuring out, you know, what foods, you know, with the predict study, you know, were the quote best for my body and tracking that for a, a little while, I was like, nope, I don't like to track my food. <laughs> it's too, it, for me, it's still, and I, this is going to continue healing. I'm so much better than I was, but the minute I start putting too much emphasis on it, it just, I get overwhelmed and I start going the other direction. Like, where do you end when you start digging into those slippery slopes? Yeah, but, but understanding it and recognizing it and feeling it and like, oop, that's igniting my diet brain again. And mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing to have the knowledge that, you know, my body really does love beans. And now I have scientific proof, this data saying beans are 100 for your body. That's good. But not letting it make me crazy. Yes. And and say, you know what? I'm going to eat my beans and I'm also going to eat the tortilla and I'm going to put the sour cream on there and I'm going to eat until I'm satisfied. And I'm not going to record it and eat three more bites because, you know, no, we're going to stop when we've had enough. And if we need more, we're going to have it. Learning to honor your body. That's the thing. I think even bigger than any of these other things I've mentioned is when the pandemic hit and I started panicking about my body, there was such a disconnect at that point between what could happen to me versus what my body could handle. And I can honestly say over the course of this nine months or whatever it's been now, I trust my body to heal. Like the idea that you just stop and don't for 20 plus hours a day and your body goes, okay, great, let's do what we do. And then it just does it all magically. And I don't have to think about it or take anything or do anything. In fact, I got to the point where I don't even do the carbonated waters or coffee or tea or anything. I just love giving my body just clean, pure, flat water. That's it. And that's just me. And I know there's lots of other ways to do it. So I'm not criticizing anyone else's way. It just makes me happy that while I'm in the fasted state, I just feel like I'm washing away all the stuff that it, you know, just giving it the the lubrication to do the healing it needs to do. And just trusting that this amazing machine that carries me through the world knows exactly what to do at any given moment and make those micro adjustments. I couldn't possibly ever know what's going on. I just let it. I give it a break and I let it. I love that too. And you know, I've had to dig into what's going on because people ask so often what's going on and they want to know. And But I am like you, I prefer to not have to worry about that. I don't want to have to worry about am I in ketosis? How high is the ketosis? What's happening here? When did I switch over to fat bar? Who cares? Because I used to have the keto meter thing that you breathe into and I would eat the certain things and then I would test it before and test it after. This was when I was doing the keto diet and trying to get myself deeper and deeper, higher number, higher number. It was not about food at that point. It was about this the science of, of you know, and, and so reading a book like yours and educating myself is great, but then I trust that. Okay, I've made that decision. Now I'm just going to walk the plan out and not think about it. I feel educated now. I don't have to constantly go back and monitor myself. Is my body healing at hour 18 the way it's supposed to? Of course it is. (laughs) Let's not revisit. And I'm not, you know, 
discounting the people who love that because, you know, I just interviewed someone a few episodes in the past that isn't out yet, but it'll be out by, of course, by the time this one comes out. And she works with Marty Kendall of Optimizing Nutrition and they are, you know, doing data-driven fasting and mm-hmm. it's based on your blood mm-hmm. glucose. And there are people who love it and, and they're using the data to guide what they're doing. I'm not against that way either. It's not right for me. I don't want to do it. That's the beautiful thing about my career as well, because as the end therapist, I have this whole personality model. And part of that model is how you feel. You have a feeling type in this model and I'm wind. So the wind feeling type, as opposed to fire, ocean or mountain, the wind feeling type has to stay. If I want to feel good, I have to be like the wind. My energy needs to stay untethered and moving and light. And so when I started looking at my diet brain life experience, I thought, I was trying to be fire, which is more like grounded and very fierce and very consuming. Well, you see a lot of people in the in the weight loss and fitness industry are fires. And it's okay they to be fire. To it is that fires be fire. For me to be fire is disastrous because it's not who I am. And so I'm I'm constantly burning out because I don't that energy does not resonate with me. So just learning, I mean, I think. I think intermittent fasting can be so easily adapted to all the personality types. Any personality type. So what do you think I am? Am I wind? Well, yeah. Talking to you in person like this, I, I, you must be a wind. You must be. I think you're an upholder too, which would mean the same as me. Because upholder, this is the way our thoughts are organized. That's from Gretchen Rubin, right? Is upholder from Gretchen Rubin? Mm-hmm. I did her quiz a long time ago. I can't remember. What is what is an upholder? So I explained it a little. I've adapted it from, from Gretchen Rubin. So if you've take, taken the test with her, it doesn't always come out the same because I've got the feeling type separated out. But upholders, the way they organize their thoughts is like in boxes. Everything's very organized and it and it goes in its different places. And we love to have like parameters and and we like sticky notes and lists. And we love teaching complicated things by breaking them into parts. And if you commit to doing something, you feel bad if you quit doing it. You have to finish it. But, well, but the minute you decide you're not doing it anymore, it's gone. It's that was me. Out the Zoe, the Zoe, I committed. I was going to do 28 days of eating according to those recommendations. I did it for seven. I was perfect. I did it exactly. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done with perfect exactly. I'm just going to eat now. And I stopped. Would that sound like an upholder? That sounds like an upholder. It sounds like a wind upholder. I can't just do it halfway. I'm either going to do it or I'm like, okay, I can't do or this. not do it at all. Yeah. Okay. I bet you we're the same. That would explain to why everything you said and exactly the amount of information you gave versus what you didn't need to give. And that just all felt very like exactly what I needed. So I bet, I bet you and I are the same with that. And it's, yeah, I, so I also don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, oh, it's everyone should feel like me or be like me. Not at all. I just, I love how adaptable it is. And I love that I found a way to honor the way I need to feel good, which is that light, free, open kind of energy. And it helps to understand that. So I can't wait to, to get your book and to read it and to I'll let you know what I am, but I, I bet I'm I'm the wind. I bet you are because you just you kind of bubble, bubbling brick on through the there whole, you go. whole world. Yep, I love it. All right, so you've been doing it for nine months and you'll never stop. What are what are some of the non scale victories that you've experienced? Well, at this point, they're all non scale. I know because I'm not even into are. the scale. So I would say number one is the restoration of trust in my body. And the second one is the new experience of the joy of eating and by extension, the joy of gathering to eat. 
as a way of connecting with loved ones because I had never in my life, and I'm 46 and a half now, I had never before in my life figured out a way to show up and enjoy people while food was in the mix. I because I always had to think about, about food. Yeah. Am I going to eat it? Am I going to let myself yep. go? You know, <laughs> right. Am I going to let myself go? Oh, and this person who is smaller than me is eating it. Damn her. Uh-huh. I can remember sitting there, you know, with, with a friend of mine that taught with me who was slim and never struggled with her weight. And she'd be eating, you know, a chicken biscuit in the morning. And I'm like, why can't I eat a chicken biscuit? You know, I want to eat it, drinking her sweet tea or whatever. And, you know, yeah. I know. It just ruins it for me. It ruined the joy. So that's what was the question? What did I learn? What were your non-scale victories? Oh, non-scale victories. Yeah. And they're um, all your, you the joy of eating, the gathering to eat, the freedom. Um, and then being able to maintain a stable size, whatever that is. I haven't had to buy bigger clothes. And I guarantee you a, a year like this that has thrown the curves into my life that it has, I would have gone up at least two sizes. I just know from my past experience and I've maintained a, a basic size and I haven't gone crazy out of that realm. And that is, a, that is a victory beyond anything I can imagine in terms of just maintaining overall health and stability. Cause I've always been huge, you know, yo-yo. Yep. Yep. Me too. And, you know, I think, you know, 2020 and, and the stress of all of it, a lot of people be, just, just maintaining is a huge victory. That was, yeah, that was everything. I probably ticked up just a little bit toward the end, but I'm not worried about that. I'm not going to be maintaining those ridiculous nine hour windows. No. <laughs> <Do that. laughs> and also the food is different. I mean, you really are. Holiday food is different. You know, I'm it's eating rich. cheese and sauce balls. Yes. <laughs> and I made people wonder. Nobody eats that year. Well. bars, they were so good. But then I was like, I've had enough of this. And then I'm, you know, give me some vegetables, you know, craving, yes. craving those. Spring mix. I'm going oh, yeah. in spring mix by the bucket load at Aldi and, yeah. And the beans. <laughs> oh, I love beans. Okay. That That's the thing. I've always talked about beans. You know, there's that um, one diet plan that people talk about that says that, you know, beans are like terrible. They will kill you. They're the worst thing you could eat. But I reject that. <laughs> well, go great with your body. They what? do yeah. go great with my body. The world. They're linked to longevity. But it's great to see it, you know, right there in my report that, yes, beans are great for you. And I'm like, so there. Eat all that's what beans, I said. All the beans that I want. <laughs> Did you say your husband is doing intermittent fasting also? He is intermittently doing intermittent fasting. So I talked about the feeling type. He and I are both wind feeling types. So we both like things to be very light and free and open and changeable. But my thought model is upholder. So I think in boxes. So if I find a plan I love that makes a lot of sense to me, I am going to put that in a box and that's what we're going to do until further notice. He is a rebel. So his thoughts are like clouds. So he just grabs and goes. So it was a cool cloud when he read your book, Delay Don't Deny, which was fast and easy because it was a short book. And he did it for, gosh, two, three weeks. And then sometimes with rebels, especially when something's really working well, or not working well, or kind of working, they'll just be like, oh, there's another cloud. Let's just do this one instead. Like, it makes no sense. He was doing great. He'd lost 14 pounds. It was two weeks. He'd lost 14 pounds. He felt good. It took him a while to get like, am I going to actually commit to this? Because like morning coffee is life. And But he decided to do the evening window with me. 
mostly because he wanted tequila. <laughs> He's like, which one do I take? Yeah, tequila and coffee. Morning. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't do both. So he picked tequila and we, I, that was my favorite part when we were doing it together. Cause then I could just make dinner together and we, and it was just more of that family and connection. And then he was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's working awesome, but is it really that important? And so then he kind of let it go and then he's picked it back up a few times. And now he's just kind of doing keto with like a 19 hour eating window. I'm like, how's that working for you? <laughs> I'm eating a lot more than I think I should or that I'm hungry for, but you know, at least it's keto. I'm like, yep. Love you. Love you. But I also like, I know what works for me. So I don't, I don't, I'm not on his case anymore. Exactly. Which is, oh, non-scale victory number 77. That's huge. So you, you're not keto, low carb at all. Nah, not at the moment. So how, how would you describe your eating style? Just (laughs) eat what's delicious? I eat what I want. I eat what I feel like. I I just, yeah. And it's not always what's delicious. Sometimes it's, oh, it feels like that would be naughty to eat. Okay. I'm going to eat all of it because I'm still battling some of those emotional triggers. And I do know, I do know even more than ever, I know what my body thrives on. So I am gently stepping into that deep well, (laughs) that deep river of just, you know, going easy on the stuff that my body doesn't love and, and really eating more of the stuff my body does love. But for now, I'm just working on being in the moment and not, not giving myself grief over it. Love it. That's huge. Making that transition. Because again, I, I was there for so many years, just like you, every food decision had a morality Mm. to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For the people who've never experienced that, like my husband. Here. You're not going to like this episode. No, 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 no. They, they don't understand, yeah. right? But I, probably most of the people listening do. Oh, that's true. Probably. My husband doesn't though. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the moral connection to food and he forgets that, that I have struggled with that. And we've been together 17 years and I'm like, how can you not remember? It's, it's part of everything. Cause he'll, he'll start a plan and forget that he's on a new plan just cause he's like, well, I'm just, I wasn't really thinking about it. I, just I forgot. I just <laughs> But what about the shame? And what about whipping yourself into shape? And what about the guilt. what the scale said? And the, yeah, the guilt. <laughs> anyway, it's crazy. But yeah, I, it's nice to let them go. Yeah. So I'm just doing, I'm just, I'm kind of just maintaining. I'm just, if I can get a 20 plus day in five or six days out of the week, it's, I feel like I've given my body lots of time to kind of recover. And, and I just, and then when I do have those longer windows, I kind of use those as reminders, like, this is why we don't do this every day because you, you know, my poor body is like, um, hello, I'm drowning of food <laughs> too much. So and then it feels good. Just like, Oh, I'm not going to eat till later. Thank goodness. Yes, Thank God. I get to just give myself this beautiful break. Yeah. Yes. It feels so good. And that's the thing, you know, we're fasting because it feels good. Not because we're punishing our bodies because we enjoyed that food. This episode is brought in part to you by audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, 
New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No punishment, no, no bad feelings. I might reorient based on, you know, there's very few times that my stomach hurts after I eat anymore, which used to be an everyday because I did have a 15-hour eating window. But every once in a while, I'll get a tummy ache after my eating window closes. And I'm like, okay, what did I eat? And I, I can just, and it was only two or three hours. So I can actually go back and remember what I ate. And then, and then I'll adjust because I do want to feel good. I'm not trying to punish myself anymore. So, so yeah, it's, it's just so much more straightforward and there's so much more peace and freedom. And I do think that diet brain is is definitely gone from my life for the most part. And it, it really, really I see where it's coming from because, you know, I don't know if you listen to intermittent fasting podcast, but Melanie and I are both trying to be more on Instagram just because we have not been on Instagram. And a lot of people are on Instagram. I'm Jen Stevens on Instagram and I'm pretty boring. Today I posted a picture of my cat <laughs> sitting by the fireplace. I'm like, here you go. Here's my cat. Anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Okay. On Instagram, you know, I don't, I'm not following very many people, but apparently Instagram like thinks, shows you things that it thinks you're interested in. And it has figured out I must be interested in food and stuff. (laughs) So it shows me all the people who are like food and fasting and dieting. And like, I get it all. I get keto people and plant-based people and low-fat people and intermittent fasting people. And it's just berserk. I was scrolling through it yesterday and, and like, here's a post from someone who's carnivore and he's trashing anyone who eats carbs. And here's a post from somebody who's only eats plants and is trashing. And I'm like, this is, there's just a, a crazy weird amount of contradictory energy out there surrounding what foods you should or like like one of the big the big you know people that's out there in the space that writes a lot of things about diet he had this whole post the other day about how brussels sprouts will kill you or i don't even know if you <laughs> I'm like what is that's that? the other thing i don't listen to any of that kale it was kale kale was going to kill you kale will kill you yeah. okay we're well, going we'll to get right on that i mean people reading this are like oh my god i cannot eat kale kale's going to kill me and, and it's like, so we're not connected with our bodies and then we're just listening. And then like Facebook for me, all Facebook is, is just a running ad for all these weight loss supplements. It's like, that's what my Facebook is. So I rarely get on there. And, but I look at the before and afters and that's where I realized I had changed. Cause I was like, but she's, but she seems like someone I'd love to be friends with in either picture. Like I don't, this doesn't matter to me right now. The body size, disconnecting from the thought of body size is worth. And when you stop judging yourself, you stop judging other people. 
that's probably exactly what happened. I didn't even realize I had stopped judging myself, but I do literally just, I'm so proud of my body. I'm so, I, I call her her cause I'm a girl and I'm like, she is so strong and she's carried me through so many things and she protects me and, and she finds a way to survive even when I've got 60 extra pounds packed all over in every place I can conceivably fit it. I mean, what is not to honor and be in love with about true. that? It's true. And knowing and understanding that everything your body has done was to protect you, to keep you alive. And, you know, when we made choices that we didn't understand because of whatever reason we were overeating and we were overeating foods that our body did not know what to do with, those pop tarts <laughs> earlier and all those drive throughs I went through and and your body's like, well, I don't even know what this stuff is, but I'm just going to shove it over here in this fat cell, you know, and keep on. Try to keep her alive one more day. (laughs) (laughs) So your body, you know, finally you're working with your body instead of trying to fight it. Yes. And when you do that, you, you don't worry about five pounds on a scale, you know, and that the people that, that still make me sad and, and I understand it because I, I I was there, but when they're like, you know, I just, I'm five pounds away from my goal and I just can't get there. I'm like, you're there. You're there. Just stop weighing yourself. You could stress yourself out and carry five extra pounds of water weight the next day. If weighing doesn't make you stressed out and doesn't make you upset, then weigh. Oh, for sure. But for sure. it does definitely stop weighing. So, I mean, it's a tool. And you just have to understand. But if you're like going to beat yourself up for the rest of your life, what's that? You know, at the funeral, or was like, and she was only five pounds away from her goal. Oh, you know, is that how you died too soon? Yeah. She could have gotten there. She had another, you know, month. She could. <laughs> she could have just taken my diet supplements. Oh, That's yeah. also all over Instagram. The the amount of terrible stuff. I'm just like, why is someone falling for this anyway? <laughs> But well, I, I think would have been want first in line ordering it up back, you know. Me too. But those emotional triggers, we were tr- this diet stuff triggers. It triggers us, and it makes us feel, especially in the in the social climate we're in now. If we can control the size of our body, then we feel in control of stuff. When all this outside stuff feels out of control, so I think it's it's even more dangerous right now for some of us who have had this kind of struggle in the past. I think so, and and the, like you said, it is the feeling of trying to control. It's like the one thing you can control when the world is out of control. You can control your yourself, but you really then you really can't. It's it's false control. It's the it's right. It's the wrong kind of control because we're really forcing ourselves at that point. Like I I came to that point of going, wait, I don't actually need to force myself to be a smaller human. I need to allow myself to look at what's really bothering me so that I don't have to medicate with food anymore. How about that? That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> what a great way of looking at it. So, you know, is there anything that you really still struggle with, you know, nine months in? I am definitely still emotionally eating. So I'm only emotionally eating for two or three hours a day, which is a lot less harmful to my body than the, you know, 12 or 15 hours I was doing. But I, I'm still going through a lot of emotional upheaval just based on where my life is at the moment, but I know that's what's happening and I know how to let it run its course. And I know how to support myself emotionally, mentally, and physically. 
And intermittent fasting is such a major part of that. So I do quote struggle, but the struggle is not so much about battle as much as it is just part of the journey. It's sort of just like a boggy part of the journey. You know what I mean? It's not like the high road with the smooth path. It's more the reeds and the rushes and the mud and and it's just part of it. Exactly. And I'm getting the sense that you can acknowledge that you are emotionally eating, but you're not judging yourself for it. Right. Because I'm not ready to stop yet. Yeah. I love that. I need that food. I need it right now. And there's there's bigger fish to fry than can I have this this second piece of chocolate. There's bigger fish to fry. That's great. Can I have half the bag of, of salt and vinegar chips? But it's also half the bag. So the appetite correction is happening. I could have killed two bags yeah. easily in my former heyday. And now I'll have half a bag, a small bag. And then I'm like, eh, I'm done. You had a so stuff is happening. Stuff is continuing. And I'm noticing that while also not judging. So the, I think the number one thing is just that I've stopped judging. Yeah. That's huge though. That is like it's everything. That's the only thing that ever happened and nothing. That's that's worth it. That's It is everything because I think it's the start of all of the long-term things, which I think probably my ideal body with the perfect health and size and all that is going to be the last thing that shows up. I think that all this other stuff that's invisible and behind the scenes, my ability to have a stable emotional life, my ability to love my people without, you know, flipping out because I'm under so much pressure to control my body and my weight and stuff, my ability to just roll with the punches and and address my emotional triggers as they come up. Like those things are so much more important to me than whether I fit into my honesty pants. I don't even have any honesty pants. (laughs) I just don't even have any yet. That's fine. Maybe someday, That's but right, right now. Uh, you're, all your yeah. pants are honest. They're all honest. They, <laughs> some fit over me, some don't. And go. that's the truth. <laughs> so we're almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? This one is tricky. Because so much of what I know now, I have learned because I've been doing it. And I don't know how I would tell myself or someone who's just starting in a way that they would understand. For instance, a friend of mine who I got hooked on you, she listens to the podcast all the time, just got her husband started on it. And and it was his first day and he, we had dinner. So he was breaking his fast at dinner. I've never seen this man eat a salad. He killed a wedge salad (laughs) and he said, this is the best. I mean, he's eating like with his hands. I love a good wedge salad, by the way. It was Hilarious and it's in the bacon and yes, I love oh, it. I love it too. But I, I, I was also, you know, breaking my window. But I was waiting for my food. He just couldn't even. And I said something about the fact that I hadn't lost any weight that I was aware of over the past nine months of doing this. And he just like shot daggers at me. He's like, "Why am I doing this then?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, my dad should have mentioned that. I should have led with that. something else. <laughs> I should have led with something else because." You know, what I'd like to say to beginner me or to somebody who hasn't done this before is throw out the idea of diet brain. Like, don't look at this as some short-term fix. Maybe it will. For a, a lot of men lose really fast. Some some women do. I haven't. I'm, I'm around where I was to start with. And, and But it doesn't matter. So I don't know what I would tell myself that I don't know. Just just do it. Just just go and trust and, and stay connected to Jen's information and read her books and Keep doing what your body tells you it wants more of and less of what it does. Love that. You know, someone said it. I didn't make this up. I wish I knew who originated it. You know, Eddie, who I interviewed on the podcast, has, has said it many times, but he didn't make it up either. It's fast, clean, and release expectations. 
Oh, I think yep, that's, that's what I meant to say. I, I knew that's what you were saying. I was like, she's saying fast, clean, release expectations. Because when we have these expectations, like, you know, I'm going to lose 52 pounds in a year because Jen said a pound a week is good. Well, the minute you, you have that expectation, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. What if you only lost 51? What if you lost zero? What if, you know, have, have you failed? And, you know, we've all been taught that being goal-oriented is good, but really it can actually make things not good because you get focused on the goal only. So that makes me think about what I would actually say okay. to someone just starting. Focus on the feeling of fasting, not whatever measurable results you're getting. Just focus on the feeling and listen to your body's feedback because my body very quickly started saying, I love what you're doing. Please keep going. That's perfect. Well, Annalisa, thank you so much for being here today. And I can't wait to read your book. Tell people how to find you. Theuntherapist.com and on social media at The Untherapist. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.